Welcome to the Cane and Rinse Podcast, Volume 6, Issue 296. We're going to be talking about Mega Man, Rockman, and the first sequel, Mega Man 2. You can play along with what's left of this volume of the show. Uh, we are scheduled to up to the end of the year and Issue 300. And if you go over to the Cane and Rinse website, you'll see that our next four shows will be on the games. Final Fantasy 1, the original. Mario Kart 64. Call of Duty, the original. And The Witcher 3, Hearts of Stone and Blood of Wine expansions. As I say, as well as the schedule on canorince.com, you can find reviews, features, articles, and the links to our other spaces, our Facebook, our forum, our YouTube channel. And you can support us if you enjoy all that we do. We have a Patreon. You can donate a dollar a month or more if you wish. That's around 80 pence, less than a euro. And, uh, and it all gets ploughed back into making uh, the shows that we make for you. This and our other show, Sound of Play. And uh, for every hour that you hear, it takes, we, we estimate, calculate something along the lines of 15 hours of, of human time to make every listening hour for your pleasure. So obviously it's, uh, it's quite a task. And as much as we love it, that financial support is incredibly gratefully received. Patreon.com slash You can also support us in a couple of ways by buying... Uh, items of merchandise from shop.spreadshirt.co.uk slash where you will find t-shirts and bags adorned with our logos and that other podcast i mentioned is called sound of play it comes out every wednesday it's just as great as this one it's a bit different though we also listen to music but we also talk to guests composers people from the community and other podcasts and uh, it's a really good time please review and rate and subscribe to both of our podcasts on itunes or which other whichever other platform from which you get them. Uh, there are lots of ways to get this show on Android. I know sometimes we normally get about one tweet every few weeks from somebody who's using an Android client and they're saying it's no longer updating. Uh, generally, the advice seems to be switch to another client and then everything's fine. Uh, everything's in working order from our end. So hopefully you won't have any issues. So joining me, Leon Oldman Cox in issue 296, uh, Mikhail Dutchman Croder. <laughs> Hello. And Sean Cool, man. O'Brien. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Sadly, we are missing uh, Darren. Didn't come up as far as uh, with a name, a Mega Man name for him. So I'm going with, uh, well, he's Sick Man there now because he's, he's poorly. Uh, w- would have been probably Idiot Man. Yeah, his, <laughs> his, uh, his, his weapon would be the disease beam. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet in, in across one of the Mega Man games, of which there have been many, as we'll hear, there's probably been something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> So, the Blue Bomber, as he is sometimes alternately known, uh, is a 2D flick screen in the ones we're talking about, later scrolling, as technology allowed. It's a run-and-gun platformer. 
there are around so, about. Sorry, one. Leon. Can I contest you on that a little bit? It's not full flex screen. Only um, uh, the vertical bits are uh, flex screen. There's still yeah, that's full true. horizontal scrolling. You're right, because the NES had the power. Yes. yes. Well, well corrected. Yes, I was. I think when I wrote that, I'd just been doing one of those sections where you drop through uh, multiple screens mm. in a row, and I was thinking, flick screen, flick screen. Yeah, no, yeah. you're quite right. It does scroll horizontally. Uh, yeah, um, Mega Man, Rockman, as he was originally known in Japan, has been uh, featured in something like 130 or more games uh, across four or five distinct series, and has appeared on at least 30 plus formats uh so is a pretty big deal it was created the character was created by uh, akira kitamura uh, and refined later uh, and then helmed by keiji inafune uh, we are going to hear quite a bit from akira kitamura throughout the show thanks to uh, a wonderful website which i now support their patreon as well recommend that you do too after hours from schmopulations.com uh, there's a person there translating old or, or previous uh, interviews with Japanese developers from various sources, and it's an absolute gold mine for, for us in this show and for fans of video games in general. So check that out, schmuckpulations.com, and thank you to them for uh, me quoting from these interviews. Uh, so Kitamura said, The heroes I used to love were always strong figures that you could look up to. They were different from the heroes of today who are drawn more sympathetically and who you're supposed to have something in common with. To me, a hero embodies the virtue that we all have in our hearts. We all have it, but most of us are too embarrassed or scared to show it. In that sense, there's something childlike about heroism. Heroes are the people who are proud to show that side of themselves to others. They have a lonely existence and they will bear any burden, even when not being watched over by others, simply because it's the right thing to do. I like heroes with that childlike purity and idealism, someone who can still believe in what's right even when others say that's not realistic. I think when a person encounters a hero like that in art, they can learn a lot from them. That's the kind of hero I wanted to create in Mega Man. Character names during development included Battle Kid, Knuckle Kid, Mighty Kid, and at one stage there was a, a working title for the original game, Rockman, was called The Battle Rainbow Rockman, which is awesome, <laughs> in my opinion, and uh, I wish they'd stuck with that. Obviously, we'd have Captain Rainbow some years later over at uh, Nintendo, but uh, yes, um, the rainbow being referenced to the fact that he changes colour when he collects different weapons. So the Rockman references a couple of things. Uh, it references the Rock paper scissors concept behind the weapon strengths and boss weaknesses and it is also uh, acts as a musical reference music being an important part of the Mega Man experience uh, obviously and a role is his sister I think that's right and later we uh, in, in the series we're introduced to characters such as treble and bass uh, and the reason Rockman is blue is simply down to the fact that the Famicom's colour palette had a larger selection of blues than other colours in that uh, spectrum so it allowed for a more detailed looking sprite although it's actually two sprites overlaid intertwined sort of thing uh, Kitamura said my idea was actually white white was uh, as a default would strengthen the impression of the other colours when he changes weapons that's how we drew him at first like a white little ball of mochi uh, which is the the, the, the rice uh, sushi isn't it uh, the uh, well the the chief protagonist i suppose is mega man's creator mega man is a little robot guy we haven't said uh -huh. uh, created by dr thomas light uh, and uh, thomas light is named after thomas edison whereas dr albert wiley 
the Albert it comes from Einstein. And uh, as has been suggested, it's not that big a leap, although uh, actually Edison is now considered to have been on more dubious moral territory in, in some cases than Einstein was actually as a Japanese developer, uh, knowing that Einstein's theories had uh, significant inputs, shall we say, into the mm-hmm. creation of the atomic bomb. Uh, it makes sense that uh, he might be viewed there as more of a villain figure. So that's uh, the the cultural backstory. Um, but our histories with the game, I'm going to go first because mine, I think, is the shortest. I first played a Mega Man game in about 2008, and it was Mega Man 9 when it came to Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, also came to PS3 and Wii. Uh, I'd I'd known of Mega Man since probably the late 80s or certainly early 90s from magazines like Me Machines, but I never had a Famicom. And so by the time the sequels came on on um, on subsequent systems. I was not invested in the series and for some reason it never really looked that appealing to me there, there were lots of games before and after and around that time in similar genres that I loved and still do um, but actually playing Mega Man for the first time on the Xbox One uh, anniversary compilation was my first proper attempt at playing a Mega Man game so I've played Mega Man 1 on the Xbox One Mega Man 2 on the Xbox One and I've also been I'm most of the way through a run on the Wii U virtual console of the uh, NES version uh, on the difficulty, uh, difficult setting and with no save scumming. So, uh, I've, yeah, didn't have time to finish it, but got fairly long way. Um, the emulation, I would say, on the, the anniversary collection is actually considerably nicer than the virtual console NES emulation, which is a bit murky and uh, so-so, which is a shame. But um, that anniversary collection is, is uh, Digital Eclipse backbone and it's perfectly fine and it's got a lot of extra uh, content as well. So uh, worth worth investigating for a few pounds I would say if you're interested by this show so Mikhail, uh where do you go where do you, where do you and Mega Man start your friendship mm, I was an early uh, relatively early NES adopter uh, for European sta- uh, standards mm-hmm. um, and uh, my mom worked in a toy store uh, where we had oh our first oh my god that's uh, like the perfect childhood isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it was for, for for the brief time that she worked there for a the couple of years yeah. <laughs> Th- that was kind of our first um, experience with uh, with the NES and in the toy store she had one of those uh, it's like a multi-card kind of yeah, demo, yeah. demo ki- choice kiosk type, of, uh, thing. type yeah. of thing yeah it, it had a, a time limit setting on it and actually not many yeah. people were allowed to uh, to play on it because then the the owners of the toy store would fear that it would turn into a little arcade over there. Uh, but uh, we were allowed, uh, me and my brother were allowed to play on it. Uh, like let's say or close to closing hours or around closing hours when we came oh, to pick up uh, pick up my mom. <laughs> yeah, Mega Man was uh, probably the first one. Was one of the. Um, in Europe, at least, was one of the er- uh, earlier games that fir- followed the first slew of yeah black background arcade ports on the on the NES, the, the mm. black boxes, and it already stuck out to me because of the colorful backgrounds. Uh, I really liked the idea of being able to to pick your stage because that was very novel at the mm. time. Mm. Usually, there was just uh, you know you play the platformer and you just start in stage one and make your your way mm. to the end. The uh, concept of uh, taking over bosses' weapons and taking over powers and using them against other bosses. So it was really yeah. appealing to me already at first. But then uh, me and my brother started playing it and we found the game to be completely impenetrable. Like, mm-hmm. like even <laughs> Cutman's stage, which was the four-hour 
money was the uh, more one of the more friendlier uh, stages to start in. We we couldn't even make it to the end in that uh, in that stage, uh, and uh, <laughs> not not even to speak of Gutsman stage, which has this uh, really grueling oh, uh, moving platform no. section right at the beginning of. Don't remind <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> right after you uh, <laughs> faced uh, like two or three of those hard head enemies, and yeah, yeah so it it. It always stuck with me as a game that had some potential, but was just way too harsh and too 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 brutal uh, for us. And our uh, very yeah fledgling uh, video game skills, our, our first uh, <laughs> our first experiences with uh, with video games, uh, like really hands on and really spending longer time with them for um, mm. for the first time. Yeah. Mm. Now, Sean, I think it was you who put this one forward to yep. be covered in this volume of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So here we are. So you have a lot of fond memories of Mega Man, right? I do. Um, yeah, you know, usually when I'm on uh, a Kanarenza issue where it's an old game, my, my first uh, mention of it is always, well, you know, I don't remember how I first came along, but I actually do hey. uh, remember this time. Um, but it, it wasn't until Mega Man 2. So I, know, I Mega Man 1 passed me completely i don't know how it just timing or whatever i don't know yeah um but i was um yeah exactly yeah so Mega Man 2 comes out and i'm um i must have been six at this point maybe i don't know exactly when it it came out what 88 right uh yeah right possibly 89 in america okay okay yeah well it would have been six or seven um and i'm walking around the the rental store and and i uh i picked up the the copy and and, and this box art unlike the box art for the first game <laughs> yeah. uh which i'm sure we'll talk about oh yeah but uh the box art for uh two isn't nearly as bad and it was it was just intrigued me i don't know as, as a little kid like that i was like here's this neat little robot guy and his neat little guns and everything um so i picked it up and i ran over to my mom and said mom we gotta rent this right now we gotta rent this right now <laughs> and i looked up and um that is not my mom this is <laughs> some Aww. random lady that I just, and she's looking at me like what so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so that's that, that's why i remember it it's like one of the earliest uh, most embarrassing moments of my life <laughs> nice um did you then you um, then relocated your actual mother right, yeah I, I did actually find my mom and she was then, happy to rent uh, it for you she was she was okay. yeah so I, I i rented that and then just played the hell out of it for who knows i mean i'm sure until i had to return it and then um eventually got my own copy at some point and mm. just I, I played it's like i i might have replayed this game more than I don't know, most most of the catalog that I have uh, that I've owned mm. um, ever since then, and then mm. until not until um, the anniversary collection on GameCube uh, did I ever get around to playing to at least trying Mega Man One. I did not finish Mega Man One back then. No. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about how hard that game is, as you already mentioned, McKeel. Um, mm. But uh, so yeah, Mega Man Two I played countless times i don't even know how long and and really only on normal and i and for some reason i always pick the same exact boss order that i did when i was a kid i think that's normal yeah yeah it's not really the well i guess we'll talk about which is the the best path to take in Mm. terms of these bosses um but uh yeah so so mostly Mega Man uh two and then a little bit of Mega Man one when i was younger and then not until this last couple weeks i've actually sat my way through and finished uh Mega Man one but unfortunately with using saves coming, I know we talked uh, earlier this week about trying not to do that, and I know McKeel, you've you've He's managed done to it. fight your way through it. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, but that's... it wasn't until until the wily stages. Like I made it all the way up to the wily stages, mm-hmm. and then nope, I, I, uh, that yellow devil. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Which I'm sure will come up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it. All right. So part of the reason Mikhail's done it honestly compared to uh, Sean and I, uh, yes, I also save scummed my way through the original Mega Man, um, is because Mikhail's been playing it on original hardware on a cathode ray tube television. So mm, doing not the first Mega Man actually. Oh, I did pl- you not? I, Sorry, no, I thought I you play, had the cartridge. I played that on the the Wii Virtual Console, but that just has oh, okay. a suspend feature uh, it does, on the game. Right, you yeah. can't actually create save states on it. No, you can drop back out and drop back yep. in, but you can't just keep reloading. That's right. Yeah, uh, something they added to Wii U, and the uh, anniversary collection has uh, save states as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so you oh, hang hang on. Real fast before I, uh, you, you keep saying there, there's it's the legacy collection for the new one versus the anniversary one was on GameCube. Oh yes, I don't know. Uh, did just, that, uh, just did, for yeah, and that had save states on the memory card as well. Did it the legacy? I believe collection. it did. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah that, it's actually hard. There's been so many releases, exactly. and yeah, releases know, yeah. of Mega Man. <laughs> uh, it's 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 uh, it's hard to keep it all in my head, and especially as somebody who hasn't been a um, uh, a Mega Man devotee. Uh, I was going to say, actually, that, that was another question before we continue on the um, how to play it route. Uh, Sean, mm. as a massive childhood fan of Mega Man 2 in particular, mm. did you how, how long did you stick with this series for? And, you know, there are so many entries. Did you carry on with the mm-hmm. X series or did you just dip in and out? Did you buy nine as soon as that came out in like 10 years ago? Um, oddly enough, like Mega Man 2 is, is the one that I played the most. And then I played some uh, three for sure. Um, and then that's kind of where I fell off all the way until X and then I played X and X2 mm-hmm. and then, and then honestly, none of them ever since I never got around okay. to nine or 10. Yeah, um, sure. yeah, I'm so, very yeah. similar that way. And Mega Man 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So you played Mega Man 1 on Wii VC, Mikhail. Yeah. Uh, and, but with, uh, presumably with no were you playing the Wii plugged into a cathode ray tube no my Wii is still set up oh, okay. uh, downstairs in the living room to the uh, hooked up to the plasma so because uh, we yeah. basically the reason we're talking about this is because uh, even even imperceptibly now Sean's already talked about playing the original back in the day and saying it was very mm-hmm. very challenging but yeah. actually the the slight input lag that you'll get from playing this on pretty much any modern TV set or, or or emulated version may have an effect on your ability to play this game. For sure, it might be it might be that your brain compensates and you're and you're used to sort of pressing things in advance. The latency on your TV is going to vary considerably from model to model, depending on what display output you've got. But this is stuff that is relevant. So I think sometimes when when a modern player comes to a game from this era and says. It's just not, you know, it's not responding. It's not responsive to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. often a that's often a result of the the hardware that yeah. you're running it through, rather than the game itself. And I think it's especially uh, um, interesting that we bring it up uh, with this particular game or these mm-hmm. these particular games because the Mega Man games really um, differentiated themselves with their super sharp uh, and responsive controls. And yeah. like even if you can. Uh, compare the first Mega Man to uh, Super Mario Brothers, it's just really, um, yeah, re- really sh- uh, sharp and responsive. And you I mean even even your the way you control your jumps is you know the, you have so much more control over it than uh, your jumps in Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Um, so to me. Going uh, playing playing uh, the first Mega Man on uh, a modern screen was uh, was very jarring. You get mm-hmm. to this point, and I have this even if I play um, 
let's say uh, Super Mario Maker in uh, 8-bit style on the on the uh-huh. on the Wii U. I even have yeah. it there. Like I'll just I swear I pressed the button on time. And I, was, I still dropped off uh, dropped off a ledge, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's that mm-hmm, kind of sure. thing. Like as, also in Mega Man, um, uh, and of course I had a lot more experience with Mega Man too, but just being so much accustomed to the controls and how they respond those last pixel jumps from off a ledge they just they they won't register in time enough so you'll you'll fall off ledges and you'll have to compensate by pressing a little bit sooner than you normally normally would yep yeah yeah and yeah so predicting the platforms rather than reacting to the reacting platforms. to exactly what it is you see on screen and this is a a kind of a sad thing when you think about it Mm -hmm. uh because Modern games and even modern 2D platformers are designed around input lag, uh, the, the controls, and maybe sometimes even the level designs. Uh, and it's kind of a this super sharp style of platforming that with instant response is uh, kind of something that we we're we're losing uh, here in the in the history of video games yeah, because, because I, of that. There are modern examples, I suppose, Meat Boy and Cuphead and things like that. But but still, there is yeah, you you can't you can't uh, get around input lag on a modern no, screen. No, sure, yeah. sure. So yeah, um, and also the uh, you know again, if you we were talking, uh, this is actually our second uh, Capcom based recording in a row. Mikhail and I uh, we we were talking about the display of um, pix, pixel visuals on uh, modern screens versus uh, CRTs, and again the the black level is something that you might appreciate more on this game on the uh, on a cathode ray tube mm-hmm. because so many of the backdrops are. Although actually it's a you know it's a pretty colourful and intricate looking game for a for a Nintendo Entertainment System game. Yeah, there are a lot of areas which have black backdrops, and if you're playing it on anything other than a cathode ray tube, you won't be you won't necessarily be getting pure black. All right, uh, continuing on into that uh, Rockman. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention was, um, we, we, as I say, we're going to hear more from uh, Akira Kitamura and a bit from Keiji uh, Inafune as well. Um, but I also wanted to mention the producer Takashi. Nishiyama. Um, I, I suspect we've mentioned him on Kane and Rince before because uh, he was, uh, he's just got an incredible CV. His first game, I think, was Moon Patrol for IREM in 1982. Mm. He worked on uh, Spartan X or Kung Fu Master as well. Uh, went through some of the sort of Capcom coin ops from the mid to late 80s, including Street Fighter. Um, and also, and then ended up moving on from Capcom to SNK, where he worked on the Fatal Fury series and the King of Fighters series during its uh, its sort of halcyon days, Metal Slug X as well, and even uh, as an executive producer on Street Fighter Four. So, uh, Jeez, yeah, so that's quite quite some uh, some uh, resume there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kitamura said uh, regarding programmer Nobuyuki Matsushima, I have to talk about the programmer. HMD in the credits. Before working on Mega Man, he had done programming for a number of different companies, mostly industrial manufacturing. He programmed the systems that controlled industrial machinery. He's the man that really brought Mega Man to life. His programming skills were flawless, probably because he had worked in an environment where a mistake could cost someone's life. He would never allow there to be any bugs in his work. Now, there's definitely some bugs in Mega Man and Mega Man 2 where you can warp or pass through walls, but those were all my misses. There was one difficulty with Matsushita's programming, though. His code was slow. 
being so perfectly wrought with lots of internal safety checks and the like meant that it took a lot of processing power and ran slowly. His routines for hit detection, for example, were very slow. My first idea for Mega Man was actually something closer to a shooting game where there'd be lots of enemies on screen at once and you'd have fun blasting them all. But due to those programming limitations, I had to change the type of game. Yeah, that's why Mega Man, some people call it a run and gun game, but it feels more with like a traditional platformer with shooting in it. Yeah, because he's only you've only ever got three uh, projectiles on screen at one time, and and whenever there's more than two sprites, it starts to slow <laughs> it down. Loses yeah. It loses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the composer for the first game uh, was a woman by the name of Manami Matsumai, and uh, perhaps her tunes aren't all the ones that are the most famously associated with Mega Man. But we'll talk about the music uh, momentarily. So this game originally came out as Rockman in Japan on December the 17th, 1987. So that is almost 30 years ago. And Rockman had some, I wouldn't say it was like hyper-traditionally Japanese art, but it's recognisably Japanese uh, yeah, for sure. art. Um, it's quite stylized. It's it's quite um, sort of child-friendly as, as sort of anime art goes. It's very much um, sort of super-deformed influence with characters with uh, big wide eyes. And it's just... Um, Blue Robot Mega Man. I think also influenced, I'd suggest, by Astro Boy. Oh, very much some, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing about uh, a, sci- a friendly scientist creating a, a superhero yeah. android who yeah, looks absolutely. like a boy uh, absolutely. To, to, to fight evil with, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's any... Um, if they ever referenced that they were, you know, after the Astro Boy license and couldn't get it and so made their, their own yeah. version or something, that's possible. This uh, came out in America the same month, apparently, um, in 1987. Not, not, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning that. Was it, were we sure it was definitely that or was it 1988? Because it, it didn't arrive in the EU for another two years, December 1989. But I suppose, yeah, I suppose it's, you know, it's, it was NTSC. It's entirely yeah. feasible that they got it out in the same month. It and we were super late with everything in those, uh, in those days. We got everything yeah. two years yeah. after the fact, basically. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, obviously there wasn't a huge amount of translation to be done. And there's no, uh, I don't think there's any real uh, examples of uh, censorship or content uh, differentiation between between the two games. Uh that I found during my investigation. One thing that did change, though, was the box art. <laughs> so this is the legendary Mega Man 1 US box art, uh, which I I couldn't find. The, the, no no one will take credit for this astonishing piece of art. Uh, so it's a it's a kind of it's a it's a I think I'm just going to say badly drawn man in a <laughs> yellow and blue outfit holding a pistol uh, and it doesn't. I mean, it's yeah, it's legendarily yeah. bad. It doesn't it doesn't illustrate the game. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exactly. illustrate any fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and none of it seems to be reflected actually in the game. Like as he's blue and yellow here, and the the, the yeah. landscape behind him, I don't recognize that at all from any stage. There's palm trees. Like what, what is going on? Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the person who. Uh, rendered this over i say rendered i don't, I don't it's not cg it's like a pencil sketch uh, yeah it's <laughs> colored i guess it is airbrushed yeah. but it well, anyway it's check it out folks it's yeah. it's out there <laughs> yeah uh for the pal version two years later they went with they went for a very different much sort of uh more traditional western mm-hmm. sci-fi style i suppose yeah. so mega man does yeah. actually have now a gun arm yeah and <laughs> uh, he, look, he looks like a kid cosplaying as mega man actually 
Yeah. And also, it might be fun to mention that uh, mm. the bad box art Mega Man uh, made his, uh, his way into the PS3 version of uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. He's like slightly overweight. overweight and, and, and like awful old looking. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Tying the shows together nicely. Yep. <laughs> so, whenever this game's been re released on a virtual console, the three times over on Nintendo Life, they re review things as they do. Uh, bless them for that. They've given it 7 out of 10 on each occasion, which uh, which you, we'll see will contrast with what they the way they score Mega Man 2. We're also going to hear, as always, of course, from our community, from the forum. And this is a, a post from somebody called Technical, with a K, who says, My memories of Mega Man go way back to some of my first ever gaming memories. I got my first games con console in 1993 for my seventh birthday, and I was lucky enough for it to be an NES. I became an avid reader of the British games magazine Total, where the Mega Man games were often mentioned. I never paid too much attention to the name initially, as my youthful, simple mind had confused it somewhat with Megalomania, and for some reason I thought they were the same game. As most kids of the day used to do, I would swap games with my friends and try to play as many Nintendo games as I could with my limited parent-sourced budget. One day I ended up borrowing the first Mega Man off of a friend, simply because I had already borrowed everything else of his that I was interested in playing. The box art certainly didn't help matters and reconfirmed my earlier suspicions that it wouldn't be something I would be interested in. I can only imagine how many sales that artwork must have lost Capcom, and it absolutely stuns me in retrospect that it was ever approved. I got home and stuck the game into my NES. I was instantly hooked. Even as a young, juvenile gamer, I could tell that there was something special about Mega Man. His look instantly appealed to me. To me, he had the same kind of attitude that Sonic had, but with more charm. I loved how he handled, how responsive his arm cannon was, and how tight his jumping felt, which was a good job, as I remember being absolutely infuriated by the disappearing blocks platform sections. I remember I used to use the Game Genie cheat device a lot as a kid, so probably ploughed through it with infinite lives and energy, but I still remember finishing it, so would have conquered all those tricky platform sections. I would struggle to do that now. The freedom of being able to select whichever stage I wanted to play felt hugely liberating back then. I remember it feeling like a level select cheat being hard programmed into the game. Yes, as a 90s gamer, I used to love my cheats. The mechanic of stealing a boss's ability seems fresh even now and makes more logical sense to me as a gamer than the endless skill trees and EXP ability upgrades in AAA games today. Of course, you can't talk about Mega Man without mentioning the music. Even the first game was stacked with awesome tunes. Not that I really paid attention to who developed which games as a child, but it makes sense to me now that so many of my favourite and most catchy 8-bit tunes were in Capcom-developed games. I stopped paying attention to the Mega Man games around the late 90s, as his later games didn't really appeal to me, and I completely missed the X series. Despite this, I still regard Mega Man as one of the all-time greats, and I still reap huge amounts of enjoyment from firing up his early games today. It's rare for an 8-bit game to hold up so well, and I consider it among the original Super Mario Brothers games for having stood the, set, the test of time. Uh, so the scenario of the original game is set in 2000X, uh, which apparently, depending on uh, which source you look at, is either 2004 or 2008. Sadly, here we are. Recording in 2017 and Mega Man still yet to be born to us. Uh, robots still tend to be uh, increasingly impressive, but generally I can't imagine them doing the things that Mega Man does uh, too smoothly. Akira <laughs> uh, Kitamura said, In an action game, I don't think the story should interrupt the action, but I still wanted to show the wider world and story in other places. The back of the box, the instruction manual, advertising, magazine features and so forth. I wrote all the text for those. 
What you said just now, that you like the dry feel of the writing here, this is to the interviewer, that's a really good way to put it. They, these robot masters were born as inorganic beings, so I think the writing should also be somewhat dry and clinical. Yet those same robots also have feelings and personality, and they have a subjectivity that is very human. In a way, they struggle against their predetermined fate. There's a definite pathos there. So there's more to Mega Man than meets the eye. Um, so I'm interested, you guys, obviously, I, I didn't come to Mega Man until I was in my 30s. Um, Sean, you said you were immediately taken by actually the <laughs> the, the Mega Man 2 <laughs> box. Um, but sure, was it yeah. was it more than just the art? Was was it the, the, the sense of of character and and was that was there anything in the on the the blurb on the back or the screenshots that sold this to you am i looking for are we looking for depth that players didn't actually find i think having said that i Mm. think there's probably loads of uh there's probably loads of fan fiction and and tattoos and all sorts of things devoted to mega man out there so there is obviously a connection yeah well i mean at the time i can't remember if the actual the words on the back of the box really did anything for me or even in the manual could you read um (laughs) i could indeed (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) um but i i do i do think that some of the appeal of the or of the some of the character art did appeal to me especially you know at that time when i was that that young i'm sure i was really into good guys versus bad guys and and Doctor Light himself uh, was seemed like a very nice man yeah. <laughs> in, in the in the in the quick little Santa images you get of him. Yeah, yes. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Him and 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 Mega Man. You could even though his his name is Mega Man, you can clearly tell he is a kid. So mm. I think that also must have appealed to me as as at that age. And he's and he is expressive considering the 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 time period where many characters weren't really that expressive you know when he gets hit his eyes squint and he you can tell he's in pain and when he's jumping in the air you can tell he's uh, i don't know excited or, or exhilarated with his mm. mouth being open you know stuff like yeah. that so i'm, I'm pretty sure all that stuff he, kind he of jumps me at the time. Uh, like he's cheering and exactly yeah, 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 yeah. And, and which which like every time it was i would go through the uh when you get to the boss, you get those little gates in between. I always made sure to jump oh, yeah. in between those gates so that he's doing that sc- <laughs> doing that pose while the screen shifts over. Yeah, <laughs> I did exactly the same. Yeah, and it, and yeah. also uh, something that's interesting about his character uh, design, and that's something I also noticed early, is that he has an actual little bit of an little bit of an idle animation in that he's blinking his eyes when he stands still. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. wasn't very mm-hmm. common back then either on uh, on an eight bit right. system. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That adds uh, that adds so much. Yeah, idle animations are such a yeah. such a big thing. It seems weird. It's like the the bit when you're not playing, but actually it does it does add a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, to talk about the art design, the graphics. So again, for me, I came to this in the uh, the Xbox 360 era. Obviously, I'd seen screenshots, so I was playing it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mega Man Nine was designed very much to look like it could have been made mm-hmm. for the NES. That yeah. that was the route they went down. That was actually what interested me about it. I thought this was a really cool. Uh, idea for the fans rather than continuing the series which is i guess what mm-hmm. uh Inafine did to some extent and to limited success apparently with mighty number no. nine um <laughs> we had a a proper throwback now i've said before on this and this is a purely subjective thing and i think it's it's a worthwhile lesson for me in that because i often uh advocate for for games of of a certain era and it's it will be games that I have memories of and affection for, and coming to a lot of NES games, I find I'm not that keen on the color palette and the overall look of them. So, 
I think I can see the uh, the obvious skill and effort that went into a lot of the pixel uh, art in in these games, the backdrops and the sprites. There's definitely some cute enemies and some cute um, bosses and things like that. But overall, I don't I don't love the look of this game uh, as iconic as it is. But I'm guessing uh, you feel differently, Sean. Well, hang on. Which one are we talking about? Mega Man One or Two or Which, both? Uh, okay, let's talk about Mega Man One specifically at this point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mega Man One. I I I I would honestly agree. I don't really think um, the color palette kind of feels. I know clearly the color palette changes between each level, but it, in my head when I think back on it, it all kind of blends together. Like it's all kind of a lot of white and red and um, just bluish. Not, I don't blues. know. Yeah, blues for sure. Yeah, dull blue skies. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just not very. Uh, not there's not much variety, I guess to say. Yeah, the, the first Mega Man is uh, it's kind of rudimentary. Uh, mm-hmm. looking yeah. yeah it's almost right. like a, yeah <laughs> like a like a blueprint for the sequel right mm. yeah yeah for sure and even even the bosses themselves like Cutman is just a dude with a scissors. pair of scissors on his head <laughs> like there's nothing really much to him there and Bomb Man uh, he's just a guy like there's no there, for his actual yeah, he, design he, he has a little his, bit of a military cap on his head or something uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's just that's it you know there's not much to him and and, mm. and Iceman is just uh, a dude in a parka you know? <laughs> like an Eskimo yeah <laughs> he looks like an ice climber he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, but, yeah but I always liked the uh, Gutsman design in the first game he has yep, a very yep. like very expressive sure. mean grinning face and it's uh, mm. you know his his head is sunk bet- uh, between his shoulders. I, I find that character very, yeah, expressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously the the design choice they made with the Mega Man sprite, he doesn't change much throughout the eight bit incarnations of the series and nine and ten as well. I would almost say not at all. Not at all, possibly. Yeah, yeah. probably literally <laughs> the same. So that that's sort of impressive, and the, and the fact that they gave him such huge eyes, which obviously ties in with something that a lot of us associate with manga art and, and anime mm, uh, mm-hmm. it does actually help to give him this uh this yeah this more expressive look yeah uh, and the the fact that he winces as you say and blinks uh i yeah. think if he just had mad staring eyes it would have let, let him <laughs> it would have left him feeling more robotic yeah. when actually For he's sure. he's yeah. a you know he's a replicant in the sense that he's <laughs> uh he's obviously like astro boy he's a he's a, a human robot pinocchio boy kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh Sound wise, there's not many sound effects in this game. I'd say there's probably mm-hmm. about 10 different sound effects. Um, yeah. And the NES was pretty limited in this regard. Uh, I would say, you know, you've got the pew 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 of his arm cannon, you've got the, mm-hmm. the, the white noise uh, sort of crashing noise of things exploding and stuff like that. But there, mm-hmm. there really isn't a lot of sound in this. What there is, I think, is, is, is fine. Um, so again, I think for me, my attention was taken to the music and although i don't i understand like how beloved the soundtrack to the second game is in particular yeah, uh, yeah. there's still some i think there's still some really uh, competently and nicely composed chip tunes in this game perhaps they're just not quite as epic and heroic mm-hmm. as as that of the second game yeah there's not but, as much going on yeah. in the in those tracks as there is mm. in the second yeah 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 a lot of the songs in in the first game seem to have like basically like two to three riffs and then and just keep repeating over yeah. and over again whereas like in Mega Man 2 you can kind of tell that they're like fully structured songs that kind of repeat over and over yeah. again so yeah again, yeah, rudi- got, again rudimentary yeah yes. for sure we got mm-hmm. yeah we got some interesting uh from Kitamura on the composition of the of the second game on the on the f- uh, first game he says 
composer Manami Matsumai was assigned to the Mega Man 1 development. I told her my image for the stages and the boss's individual characteristics. On top of that, I said there should be a bright, light-hearted feeling associated with the hero, Mega Man. On Elect Man's stage, she used these sounds that subtly suggest electricity. On Cut Man's stage, the music somehow gives me an impression of metal. Her songs were all very high quality. It was actually her music that first caught management's attention and made them think, these new teams are doing good work. So it sounds like her her music in that first game, albeit although it en- en- ended up not be- perhaps being as as iconic and beloved, uh, was important to Mega Man continuing on. So on to perhaps one of the most uh, crucial aspects of the experience, and specifically talking about Mega Man One here, because this changes crucially, I would suggest, between <laughs> Mega Man One and Mega Man Two. Although mm-hmm. I think it's subtle in in one sense, in that it it's still recognisably the same character with the same mm-hmm. kind of movement. The responsiveness and the inertia is tweaked for the second game. In the yeah. first game, one of the real problems I had playing through this game and the reason I used so much, uh, so, you know, I did so much save scumming and uh, I, I would have given up. I would have absolutely given up had that not been an option. Uh, this This game reminded me of some of the other NES era games that I've struggled with. Again, I'd like to stress that I play a lot of video games from earlier than this in time that I don't have the same issues with. So it's not necessarily an, uh, a time, uh, you know, when, when they happened. It might be somewhat hardware, notoriously. I think as much as anything, it's cultural in the sense that there was uh, a, a, an understanding that NES games were challenging. And we've talked before about why that might have been partly, partly because it's what they were like. And so people kind of just continued that. But also it was the cart rental thing and it was the value for money thing. These were a new medium relatively. This this idea of buying cartridges, video game cartridges to play in your home. They were asking $50 or whatever they cost, which was a huge amount of money back in back in the mid 80s and i think this this i think the thing that the producers were really keen to avoid was parents going well i played paid 50 dollars for this and and little sean just finished it in in two hours flat i think they wanted it was it was absolutely about presenting the idea that they were they were value for money and kids were so crazy for playing these games that regardless of how frustrating they were and mm-hmm. our challenge, they would just bang their, you know, they would just practice and practice and practice. Sure, yeah. And they were, they were, you know, on the whole, like this game, they were beatable. You would just yeah. have to get mm-hmm. really, yep. really, really good. So this game, the second game brings in passwords. We'll talk about that. This game, you mm-hmm. had to just, just get good. Keep going. Get yeah. good. <laughs> so yeah. you've done this, Mikhail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to, for, before I go into that, I just wanted to say quickly also, uh, the idea of the picking the stage order and every boss having a weakness against a certain weapon. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you would just trying to figure that out by yourself, the oh. ideal order, if you order, if you wouldn't read like a tips and tricks section in a magazine or something, that alone already uh, adds so much playtime to this game. Just figuring out that puzzle of how to plot your way ideally through the game and uh, I mean some some of the bosses are damn near insurmountable if you tr- uh, try yes. to attack them with your uh, default weapon just a regular yeah. Mega yeah. 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 shooter does virtually no damage that's actually something yeah. I wanted to mention as well in, as regards to the how to play it today thing because yeah. I think the majority of people will do what I did and look up the boss order first because yeah. with the best will in the world as as legendary iconic uh, a franchise as this is I don't have time to bash my head against the wall playing 
all the, course, the multiple yeah. stage orders in diff- uh, the multiple stages in different orders. This game has six stages, uh, whereas eight becomes the norm from the second game onwards. Yeah. They didn't have room for the other two in this. But even then, you're still looking at so many wasted hours of I got to the boss and because you're almost guaranteed to take some damage on a lot of them, you won't just won't kill them. It's yeah. not like you can mm-hmm. it's not like you can just learn the pattern, avoid taking all damage and chip and chip away at them. Actually it is you can yeah. do that. Players can do sure. that. There are yeah. videos out there of people doing that. But if you don't have yeah. the skill and the patience and the time, not a hope. I actually didn't look up uh, uh, a favorite or, or uh, an ideal boss order or anything. Okay. I tried to f- piece it together by myself because uh, I, a, I enjoyed that. And uh, sure. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I like to figure uh, things out by myself. Yeah, it's definitely um, part of the, the experience that I feel I missed in a way. But but again, by the same token, it just wouldn't have this show wouldn't have ended up happening had I had to do that. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And this was uh, this was, uh, by the way, for, for this show, this was last week was the first time I actually sat down to play through the first Super Mega Man for the, uh, I gotta for the say. First, first time. And, um, and you're making me look bad, but also it means we've got somebody somebody <laughs> on here who's done it legit. So fair, well done, Mikhail. Thank right. you. <laughs> yeah. So and um, and yeah. What what was that? I was at point A and point B. Uh, it's also the first game. There are just six bosses, right? Yes. And just there's six. there's an ice guy. There's a fire guy. There's an electricity guy. Uh, there's somebody who throws bombs. Uh, there's somebody who's very strong. So. You know, it's kind. It almost you can almost almost make up the puzzle in your own head. Uh, there's right, nothing too yeah. obscure mm-hmm. about it. Uh, there's like, a couple of odd. Yeah, there's a couple of odd things. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and that yeah. I uh, did replay stages over and over again just to figure out uh, because certain bosses I just couldn't beat without uh, the proper weapon. So I figured out okay, so nothing works against this guy. I'll come back to the stage later. That's how I, how I did it. Mm. Um, and mm. then in the end, of course, I would have gotten familiar with uh, with the stage and would have uh, I could breeze through it much faster the, the second or the third time around. Uh, so that's how how I did it. Uh, and I was before starting this playthrough, and I didn't have much time to actually sit down and play the game. Um, I was feeling a slight hint of exi- anxiety because I yes. knew from my youth uh, how it, this game was impenetra- impenetrable to me when I yeah. played it for the first time. I knew mm-hmm. that it was going to be really tough. Um, but it's the funny thing is, it's all these years of playing other Mega Man games and just video game experience in total yeah. that kind of surprising yeah it's it felt sometimes like i was cutting through the game like a, a hot knife through butter you know it was kind of surprising to me like how fast i was making progress in it because i had anticipated it to be much mm. much harder um there was one part with in which i figured out i think the first real stumbling block was when i was in iceman stage and this is really a bad game a bad part in the game it's where you after the, f- the second disappearing block block sections you have these enemies that you need to use as stepping stones uh and the, oh, the coding yeah. here it's the coding hard. here is actually messed up it's uh, it's glitchy so many times when you try to jump on one of those things you just fall through it and that's actually mm-hmm. where i looked up uh, a walkthrough like what am i supposed to do here and yeah. uh, it's not even the walk the, the authors of the walkthroughs are not even mentioning how to properly yeah. get through the section they just said oh, get, get the magnet beam and i was figuring thinking like what is the magnet beam there's no magnet man in this game <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. it turned out i had to replay uh 
Elecman stage again to get the, uh, the 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 magnet beam, which is uh, hidden behind some blocks in the stage. Which also meant is that, that I had to tackle Gutsman before I did that again. So I had to actually replay some stages again and uh, do Gutsman stage, which I find really hard just because of the beginning section with uh, mm. the little moving platforms with uh, the brakes in the in the rails. Uh, <sighs> So yeah, <laughs> that that's the, for the first bit where I uh, came came uh, to a bit of a screeching halt. So when I did all that, uh, I tackled uh, the rest of Iceman stage. Um, I also f- found that uh, the disappearing block sections, which when I would play the game back in the days, were just parts where I I just couldn't couldn't get through that. Uh, but uh, I figured those out pretty quickly as well this time around. Uh, also because they kind of put you on the wrong footing, right? They make a, bl- a block disappear on one side and you're actually not supposed to jump on them because they'll right, exactly, take you yeah. too far away from the block that you're actually supposed to jump on. Uh, yeah. So You got to basically yeah. do a trust jump there where you jump and just like, yeah. there's one's going to f- appear under me. I know it. A leap of faith. But you know, but, but exactly, your faith, yeah. yeah, because the same sequence repeats so you can learn it but of in course, the meantime yeah. you'll you'll fall down into the pit and often take a little hit of a uh, of an enemy uh, if you're if, right, if, you, yeah. if you fall the thing is about this game we, we were already talking about the the sort of the input lag and stuff that that uh, platform that flips away from you on on rails and it's it's an instant death below the mm-hmm. the thing about it is uh, and this is something that i guess you know not every player will have necessarily clocked but in more contemporary platformers and actually even some from back in the day, there is a uh, a sort of uh, a wily e. coyote uh, element to the platforming in the sense that if something disappears out from below you and you press the button ever so slightly late, you'll still jump. Yeah, uh, and that's a, mm. that's a cushion that the developers have been putting in for some time. To I, I really want to bl- blame the input like for uh, here for giving me so much trouble to get through the section. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but here, uh, as soon as the collision detection, so this is literally the millisecond that the platform flips. Yeah, yeah. The, p- the Mega You're Man done. drops, and and okay. he drops quick, and there is no recovery. There is no possibility for saving yourself. That is it. So nope. you have to learn the patterns and time things pretty much perfectly. Yeah. There is a little is, bit of a great, yeah. a great gradual thing about it because the first. Uh, platform you jump on there's no bricks in the in the rails right, over there yeah. and the second one has yes yeah. has, has one mm-hmm. yes. and then you uh drop to the the, the next ones which have bricks all over the thing and yeah. it be that section is that last stretch is really tough where you have to keep on jumping yeah. and stay on the platform and then make the jump at the end to get right, to solid exactly. ground that's again. the hardest part <laughs> is getting that velocity yeah. up to that last jump yeah. Yeah. yeah on a similar note though um and you know as much as i I save scummed i did still play every bit of this game and i got to the end and and i did it and and i saw what it was like even if i ended up doing some of it you know dishonestly oh we should say by the way before i come back to this you can continue in this game as many times as you yeah. want you only Definitely. go back to the start of, course, yeah. of the level so you can click in the old days people would have left their nes's on for days i think to do this probably <laughs> uh, which was quite a normal thing oh my god dad you turned off my nes i was up to i was up to dr wiley you know that kind of thing yeah um, <clears throat> i was i also would like to point out that i didn't 
complete the game 100% fair and square because ah, I used an exploit point. in certain sections in the Dr. Wily stages. There is an the ex- yellow devil one? Yeah. There's an, there's an yep. exploit uh, for those that don't know <laughs> that if you use the uh, elect beam on uh, certain enemies that are vulnerable to it and you keep hitting the, not the, the menu screen button, but the, the select button which uh, controls uh, an actual game pass, you keep on uh, rapid firing that, that uh, their energy bar will quickly drain. And I use this on the, on the Yellow Devil, um, of which I actually figured out the, the pattern, or not so much the pattern even, but I figured out the, the telegraph. The first section where he appears out of nowhere always manages to hit me at least once. But the, after that, I figured out that if you carefully um, um, observe his body and see where which parts light up, uh, you can see which sections uh, will which sections of his body will come flying at you. Um, and there's only two sections that you actually need to dodge the, the bottom two. So uh, yeah. if you stick to that, you can stay without. Uh, uh, you can do it without taking too much damage. But it's just that the section before that. The stage is already really rough and uh, will likely rob you of uh, some of your life. And I just, I do admit, I didn't have the patience there. So I figured, like, I don't have much, uh, much energy. I don't have a huge margin for error. So I, I already replayed that stage and tried to fight him the legit way a couple of times over and over again. So I used the, the pause trick to, uh, yeah, to get rid of him more quickly than uh, it uh, otherwise would have been. And the second part where I used this. Uh, the the elect beam and pause trick was on Iceman on the second boss rush, and that's only not because Iceman is so hard, but because you're up before that you're in a very small quarter battle with Fireman who blasts right. out and these his rapid- attack patterns are crazy. His attack yeah. patterns are insane. Uh, it's <laughs> it's like I figured out that if I just stay still in place and keep hitting him with the ice slasher with the ice beam i would take less damage than actually trying to avoid his attacks yeah. uh, <laughs> so i just yeah. i just was soaking up the damage and firing back at him with the ice beam and yeah i did that with so yeah. many bosses across and the two games and that's actually one of the yep. aspects of design of these games that i do not like at all okay. well i, I think i've read up on it on fireman a little bit later and it's actually he re- responds to you a certain way that if you he fires less beams when you when you, if jump. you if you uh no not uh, if you don't jump uh. he, w- w- if you stand still and you start firing at him he will start firing beams at you like crazy only the hit stun mm-hmm. that you incur actually and, and the, or the the invincibility period after that will not let you get hit by them so many times but if you jump and dodge them he will fire less beams only you need to take it very slow that battle so you just fire one shot jump fire one shot jump that's the way to do mm. it without taking <laughs> too much damage Forget but his it. beams also hit yeah. the ground and create a little fireplace there so you cannot just exactly. jump in the same place yeah. you have to like move back and forth all the time while jumping as mm-hmm. well so it's uh mm. I've, i figured out you know the game is cheesing me so i'm cheesing it right back uh with uh mm. destroying yes. uh destroying iceman with the uh with the elect beam pause button exploit mm. Mm. so I, th- I call it even on uh, on me in a game well, I, I do too, but yeah, it's it's interesting that, that we had to do that. I, 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 and generally, I want to talk about the sort of enemy layout and the and the design of um, encounters in this regard because this is particularly the first game. I think this was definitely softened for the second game, but there are places in this game where it just feels like you couldn't possibly avoid taking all damage. There's a lot of sure, there's yeah. a lot of rooms where 
if the enemies spawn in a certain place and drop their their payload or whatever in a certain way, you will mm. take some damage uh, unless you keep mm-hmm. scrolling back off the screen and coming back on and hope to get slightly right, luckier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all this stuff. And uh, there are a lot is, of enemies that will swarm you. So if yes. you don't take them out mm-hmm. before they're close to you, they're going yeah. to keep on swarming around you and they're very hard to yeah. shake off and they'll keep on yeah. hitting you and draining you of your, draining you of your life bar. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also some enemies where their patterns are just I I mean for me specifically I could not I couldn't recognize them like there's I don't know what uh, the names of them are but in the first one they're they're kind of like they're they're huge and they jump up and down mm. oh, and yeah. they have higher jumps or lower jumps yeah. and like from what I've heard is that if you jump in front of it it'll do the high jump but that never worked for me mm. so I always got hit through and if you just take three hits from those guys you're done and yeah. they're, they're, pr- they're so. pretty much uh, invulnerable to any weapon except for the exactly. ice beam which uh, with which you which can freeze them. them which I found out way too late yeah. yep <laughs> or uh, or the elect beam which actually kills them uh, kills them all at once yeah and, mm. and where uh, where the metal blade became uh, easily of course becomes your go-to weapon in uh in mega two, man 2 yeah. the elect beam is your go-to weapon in mega man 1 because mm. of uh sure. it actually uh it's really powerful it shoots in three directions and it actually uses very little energy as well so mm. Yeah. Mm. Nice, yeah, I mean, nice balancing there guys yeah well the balancing is <laughs> all over the shop i think yeah uh, experimentation yeah, does sure. pay, pay dividends in a lot of cases and there is certainly there's a reason why uh, you can go into that start menu and and uh, and choose your weaponry. Although I think you know sometimes it's deliberately designed so that you you use up the the best weapon to use throughout a stage. And the stages aren't that long in terms of number of screens, by the way, but they tend to have a a, a fairly serious uh, difficulty curve of challenge. Um, it will be then the boss is the one that you needed that weapon for that you just used getting to that boss in the first place. So yeah. <laughs> that happens uh, that happens quite a bit. That happens, also, yeah. This what I will say is that at least uh, in this first game, you can cheese the game a bit by uh, leaving the screen and re-entering the screen, and uh, the pre-placed the pre-placed energy capsules will 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 re- disappear, reappear, um, which which is something. Uh, and yeah, uh, the, my biggest beef with this game was the staggers and the and my I think. Yeah, possibly my least favorite element of game design in this whole thing is the bit where you shoot an enemy and it drops a little bit of health, a little health dot, and it lands right on the edge of a platform. And then you actually don't realize that it's there because it's covered by flicker or something else. And then you go to jump off the edge of a platform, but instead you pause for a second while your energy tops up and then you miss your jump because you were were having (laughs) an energy refill. Stuff like that just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be allowed these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, everything about Mega Man One just indicates that this was a, f- a first, a first try on yeah. this, uh, mm-hmm. this concept, and it sure. needed a lot of refinement, uh, which would certainly come almost so, immediately. To an, ex- <laughs> yeah. to an extent, to an extent. Yeah, uh, sure, Kitamura yeah, yeah. on on the overall design says, "I joined Capcom as a graphic designer, but very quickly I became seduced by the lure of game design, so I requested a transfer to the planning team. I found out, however, that I still had a lot to learn about games and hardware." After a period of study and working on various projects, the Mega Man development began. But as I thought about game design, then I started to wonder if designers had really thought deeply about enemy placement and behaviour. I'm sure you've experienced this before, but in an action game or platformer, there's often that one part in a stage where you always die, right? And quite often in those parts, it's the way the enemies act that's totally unfair and absurd, don't you think? 
In fact, no matter what game, it's those difficulty spikes that become the bottlenecks for players and leave them with the impression that the game was too hard. And yet, at the same time, it's a fact that those tough parts also comprise some of the core gameplay in any game. I created some rules for myself about placement and enemy design. 1. Single, weak little enemies would appear in waves of three or four individuals, and to the extent possible, I'd avoid mixing up multiple enemies. 2. They would all use the same tactics. 3. I would use differences in terrain and enemy placement to adjust the difficulty of a given section. And 4. The difficulty of each enemy in the wave would gradually rise, but the last enemy to appear would be easier. The first enemy you might just have to jump and shoot. The next one you have to actually dodge his bullets, and it's a little more difficult. Then, for a final enemy in the wave, it would be easier. You can just stand there and shoot him head on. All the enemy waves in Mega Man follow that basic pattern. Actually, in the first Mega Man, I applied this midway through the development, but for Mega Man 2, I did it for the entire game. Making the last enemy encounter in the wave easier was a key idea. It leaves a player with a softer impression of the game's difficulty. I think the reason that people don't replay games, even good ones, is that when they remember playing the game, their minds go back to the extremely difficult parts and enemies, and then replaying the game starts to seem like tedious work. I wanted the player to feel like he was improving at the game too, and that was another reason to make the last enemy easier, I think. These weren't my only tricks for how to get more replayability, but the they were some of the big ones. So interesting they thought about it, and it seems like some of the most frustrating bits may have been implemented prior to him having these sorts of realisations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then he got to fully implement them in the sequel. Yeah, and it's... it's uh how effective it is uh, is illustrated by how many times me and uh, Sean have replayed Mega Man 2. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> so from the forum, Craig says, I have fond, blurred memories of the original Mega Man. It was a game I'd play at a friend's house, and I, all I can remember is that we chose the Mega Man power we wanted because of colour rather than hmm. any ability granted by the different suits. Given the difficulty of the game and this fashion-based haphazard way of stumbling through, I'm astonished we managed to even defeat a single boss. The difficulty bump feels more through a lack of polish than in keen design skills. The levels don't feel quite as fair uh, as the sequel, I think Craig means, with many death pits and the controls are not quite tight, uh, not quite as tight. So those falls are all the more likely. I got all the way to the Yellow Devil rock monster uh, in US PAL versions and called it quits. It was a challenge that even if I memorised the pattern that the blocks would appear in, I still could not reliably avoid them. The moment in which you can inflict damage is so slight that you have to perform this trick so many times that I just couldn't be bothered with it anymore. And you know what? At 30 years old, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I think brings us on to Rockman 2, Dr. Wiley no Nazo. Excuse my pronunciation. That translates to the mystery of Dr. Wiley. And the mystery being is how did he become an alien at the end? Uh, sorry, <laughs> haven't, haven't, uh, haven't issued a spoiler warning for this Mega Man podcast. I, I hope that's all right. <laughs> Starting with some, there's, there's some more kind of uh, effusive and passionate feedback regarding Mega Man 2, uh, starting with a new poster, Cardbo 3000 from the forum. Mega Man 2 is one of the earliest and fondest memories I have of playing video games. I remember being six or seven years old and being enthralled by it. It was everything I could have hoped for. Cool robots, rad music and lots of bright colours. Naturally, I never really got anywhere since the games were pretty difficult, but I loved them nonetheless. I feel that the NES Mega Man games hold up really well and demonstrated how well-constructed games could be back then. The controls were simple and responsive, while the game's feedback was generally very clear. 
It's uh, so much fun just to jump around and shoot things. The first game is certainly a little rough around the edges. I remember many deaths from glitching through platforms or sudden stutters as I was landing a tricky jump, and the point system was entirely erroneous. However, Mega Man 2 cleaned up many of the issues of the first game and was very satisfying, rarely feeling as unfair as the first game could at times. Solving the puzzle of which weapons to use and when was exciting, albeit unbalanced. There was almost never a reason not to use the metal blades. The game provided interesting challenges that could be daunting but were extremely rewarding to overcome. I can clearly recall the triumphant moment that I first defeated Quickman after countless game overs to instant death lasers or finally managing to get past the disappearing blocks in Heatman's stage without using item 2. I could certainly see how some might see this as a flaw in the game. There, were, there are parts of stages that are nearly impossible until you've died enough times to learn exactly where the enemies are and how to time your jumps. On another note, the music of Mega Man has always been a highlight for me. I'll never forget that first tune you hear in Dr. Wily's castle in Mega Man 2 or the main title screen music. After learning that his name in Japan is actually Rockman, it began to make sense that all of the songs sounded like guitar <laughs> riffs backed up by drums and bass. Mm -hmm. The Mega Man 2 and 3 soundtracks have some of the best chip tune songs out there. I still love revisiting Mega Man games to this day and highly recommend that anyone who hasn't played any of them to at least pick up the first Legacy Collection or the Anniversary Collection. It is a bargain for how much content you get to play through as well as having nice tidbits of art and trivia for more diehard fans of the series. Admittedly, some of the games after Mega Man 3 wane in quality a bit but are still worth experiencing in my opinion. Mega Man 2 is an essential game to play for anyone who enjoys 2D action games or want to trace back the lineage of modern games like Cuphead. There you go. So, uh, similar crew by and large, uh, but uh, Takashi Tateishi came on board as composer. We'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Game came out in America in June 1989, following its December, pre one day before Christmas 1988 release in Japan, so uh, a year after the original, and we waited until winter 1990 in PAL territories for an inferior version. Inevitably, has to be said. Uh, so yes, when Nintendo Life have revisited Mega Man 2 for the Wii, 3DS and Wii U Virtual Consoles, they've given it 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 and 10 out of 10. The game was developed and tested and completely completed in three months. So it was a real rush job. Uh, Keiji Inafune says, uh, or he said in April 2004... We, of our own accord, got together, spent our own time. We worked really, really hard, you know, just 20-hour days to complete this because we were making something we wanted to make. Probably in all my years of actually being in a video game company, that was the best time of my working at Capcom because we were actually working towards a goal. We were laying it all on the line and we were doing what we wanted to do. And it really showed in the game because it's a game, once again, that we put all our time and effort and love, so to speak, into designing it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's many, many fans will sort of uh, feel that uh, that love. So do you do you guys think that does it feel like a sequel or does it it perhaps oh, feels yeah. to me like yeah a full blown sequel? In some ways, it feels to me like a like a An iteration, another attempt at the same thing, but with having like, learned a lot. I suppose yeah, so. You but, could all, but for me, I, I would I would add that like you know those two extra bosses do add a lot uh, for me anyway, and and also you sure. get more the extra items in between, so you get more traversal um, options in this one. I think that adds a lot to even though there's only really certain situations where you can use them. Um, 
but I for this, that for me, I guess like when I think of sequels, I I, I expect like just more stuff added to it. Um, maybe yeah. not. It depends on the type of game, of course. But for for something like this, I think there's enough additions in here uh, to warrant it being an actual sequel. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of the uh, the the school uh, the textbook example of a um, of a successful video game sequel. Mm, right. Everything is bigger, better, yep. faster, bolder. And yeah. It bl- it blows the original right out of the water, and. This is because, again, I'm bringing up uh, the uh, the little Club Nintendo magazine um, because this was before I started buying actual video game magazines. So this was my, was my only source of information at the time. Uh, it was being uh, previewed in there and there were screenshots in there. And I was just immediately taken by the screenshots alone already because I was familiar with the first game. Mm. I, I played a little bit and this just looked like it almost in certain parts looked uh um, yeah like uh it didn't belong on the uh, on the nes just mm. the de- detail and color in there that i saw on the uh, in the screenshots alone like woodman stage for example there's just so much going on and and the the enemy designs are very very striking and very uh f- full of character and i remember uh, carrying that little magazine with me around everywhere and I was at my grandmother's <laughs> place and showing it to my grandmother <laughs> saying yes, like that's look, nice look, look, look at this frog grandmother it's <laughs> almost it's almost like uh it's almost like a actual cartoon you know it looks like a cartoon character yeah. and uh yeah it's the, these a lot of these robotic uh creatures and robotic animals it's it's something actually you would see back later also in the sonic games right like yes the little robot creatures Bionics. and everything yeah yeah and there's a there's an evil scientist in that game as well yes yeah i'm sure it was an influence yeah so mm. it was a major major step up and in terms of the presentation already that mm. the first time you fire up the game and you see the 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 fake parallax scrolling uh with the the city uh background and the yeah the scro- scrolling up the uh up the um skyscraper and mm. the Mega Man standing there without his helmet on with his uh little black hair breezing mm-hmm. in the wind <laughs> And then you hit that start button and you start playing the game and you look at the at the the character select screen or the the stage select screen with very nicely defined uh mm-hmm. character portraits instead of the little squiggly figures of the the first game yeah. and the, yes. it ha- it has like a little logos and 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 backgrounds in there yep. it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing that step up mm. still to this day when you play one game after the other so obviously you didn't have the comparison at the time, Sean, because right, you jumped yeah. in with with Mega Man Two. But exactly. as a as an NES gamer, mm-hmm. a Nintendo gamer, back in the late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. did this immediately feel like a like a classy high end product? Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, coming to Bubble Man stage with the waterfall behind it, which is such like yeah. a like like currently, you know, it's nothing compared to like something uncharted water, you know. But like uh, at the time, like just seeing all that mm-hmm. waterfall behind mm-hmm. it, and then going down underneath water and everything too and having the different physics going on there and all the different enemy designs yeah it's just yeah for sure it just um it really did stick out to me now that i think more about it yeah yeah you have anim- animated uh, backgrounds as well yep. in, mm-hmm. uh, metal man stage for example yep, the little cocks sure. and everything yep. that's turned in, uh, in yeah the literally two frames but it adds, but it's still, it adds it's uh, vibrancy yeah. doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, what i would say is and again this there's always there's always context and mm-hmm. there's a lot of caveats uh, in the way I think about these things, like there's loads of 8-bit graphics that I love, and I do appreciate the look of this game quite a lot. But I think it it's probably slightly 
downgraded in my mind as uh, in the sense that when I was looking at screenshots of this, I was playing Amiga games and mm. I was already used to things like Turrican. And so, you know, with its 16-bit color and, oh, okay. yeah, sure. uh, and way more sprites on screen and way more bullets, way more, you know, it, I was playing stuff that looked way closer to arcade mm, quality. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. you know, you look back at some Amiga games now, and you think they don't they don't look so great. <laughs> yeah. um, but also, I was also seeing Mega Drive screenshots at this point as well, because the Mega Drive was already out in Japan. Mm. So I was looking at conversions of Ghouls and Ghosts and yeah. Strider mm. and okay. uh, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So I think for me, the impact was diminished somewhat. So although yeah, I can, well, we got appre- the game two years later as well over here. Well, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But and you you mentioned games like Turrican uh, on the Amiga. I mean, they they might have more colors and uh, a lot more graphical trickery going on, but still the the I f- f- if I put those two games side by side specifically, Mega Man Two, and I don't know how this how useful this discussion is because it's super subjective. Sure. But if if I would put those side by side, Mega Man Mega Man uh, Two still has so much more character and personality to me than mm. the the vague sprite design of the Turrican sprite for example you know i'm still not quite sure what to make of his face and mm-hmm. uh, and everything and everything everything and a lot of those nes games to me are very clearly defined as simple as they might be yeah yeah no and, and i think you're absolutely right and in, in a lot of ways and if i was to come to them both now afresh uh i might feel similarly but because at the time when I was playing Turrican at home and it was blowing my mind, blowing mm. my eye sockets out because I was comparing it to, I guess, arcade machines like uh, Zane Deslina or um, or Rygar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was used to having these fairly small, indistinct character sprites, but it was more about the overall how much you know impact how much it, how uh, much impact how much yeah. color how much so yeah, so, yeah. i see that because yeah. I, but i always felt like because i was playing on my friends sts uh, and uh, amigos as well mm. uh, but still i i really thought regardless of all that mega man 2 was an extremely good looking game and sure I, I think a lot of that comes down to the sprite design and also to the use of colors and i think Absolutely. capcom was yeah. really really uh uh you know, really started to become really good at that uh, at this time. Like you see a lot of their later NES games and their their use of colors and of of the absence of colors and uh, blackness is just uh, yeah a, ma- a masterclass in eight bit tr- uh, sprite design. Mm, for sure, the the colors in Mega Man Two actually made me realize that there was a larger palette at people's disposal on the NES than I'd perhaps been led to believe because the stages are so. Uh, as yeah, as opposed to what Sean said about the first game, the stages are really distinct now. Yeah, Neo Gaza from the forum says, "I loved Mega Man Two to bits. On days with bad weather, I would boot it up and run through, uh, run through it, timing my runs. If I died, I'd restart from scratch. I possibly could have competed with the best speed runners out there. Oh, and those wily stages were the best." <laughs> and Dusk versus Tweak says, "We've got a lot of new correspondence for Mega Man." Somehow during my NES years, or NES, I missed the Mega Man series. When I was about 16, I used a few paychecks to find an uh, an NES on eBay along with a whole bunch of games. Mega Man 2 was one of those. The game was fun from the start. The action with the old school platforming and shooting was easy to get into despite the difficulty. The bosses were memorable and the powers granted to you for defeating them took the game to another level. Shooting Metal Man's saw blades at enemies is a joy that's not easily matched. 
especially itself, I might say. Uh, before this, I was really only familiar with the game through Overclocked Remix and the music on that site. I was happy to find the music in-game to be just as enjoyable and some of the best in video games, period. I'm constantly humming the tunes. In fact, when I attended a performance of video games live, their Mega Man arrangement was one of the best. The music is charming, exciting, silly and adrenaline pumping. It's one of those soundtracks that I find unbelievably impressive considering the technology at the time. I'd also recommend any fan who hasn't to seek out the Megas, a band that plays Mega Man music almost exclusively. Their acoustic take on Quick Man's theme, The Quick and the Blue, is one of my favourites, and my wife even picks it out on road trips. Road trips. All in all, Mega Man 2 is a game that deserves its classic status. I often look out for it on Twitch and wouldn't mind replaying again soon. I've never explored much of the rest of the series. The first game seemed too simple compared to 2 and lacked the charm, and the sequels were a bit too repetitive, even with a robot dog. Despite that, 2 has never let me go, which uh, seems to be a recurring theme as well. Uh, so Dusk vs Tweak mentioned the soundtrack here. Sean, were you immediately blown away when you got your rental cartridge home back in 90, whenever it was? As far as music goes, absolutely. Yes. Like, I think, I, I mean, so, yeah, I must have been, like, nine at this point when I played this. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really have, like, a favorite type of music at that age. I'm not sure anyone really does. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, but I, I certainly didn't. Um, Usually yeah. some pop songs on the radio. Right, sure, sure yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure at the time I was listening to, like, I want to say, I might be wrong in the timing here, but, like, Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer, like, like <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I... I Dr. Wily Stage 1, which is probably the most famous song from uh, this game, mm. I, I would probably credit that as being the first instance for me or the first song that like influenced me towards metal music. So like, yeah. like, growing, yeah, right. like as I got into like my early teens and even up to now, like I don't listen to metal as much as I used to, but like for the longest time, that was definitely my favorite brand of music and or, or mm. genre of music. And um yeah. And this song specifically, like I, I hum it to myself all the time. I look out for metal <laughs> covers of it every, like almost like every month. Like I, I listen and there's to plenty of them. Exactly. Like this, and this is the one that gets the most covers for sure. Like the yeah. the mini bosses is another band that that does a lot of really good uh, covers of that uh, mm-hmm. time period. And they did a really good uh, Wireless Age one. That's so interesting you say that because I've always, from early, ch- yeah, from my early childhood on, I was really gravitated to quote unquote black music, mm-hmm. and um, it was always the Bubble Man stage that really got me yeah. because <laughs> it has this sort of a dra- driving bass line, mm-hmm. and yep. then the, 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 the synth comes in with so much pain aching <laughs> soul almost, you know, it really, yeah. really hits me to my core. Like, that 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 music. I'm not gonna try and uh, and 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 hum it with a cracking voice because it's going to sound awful. But yeah, you know what I mean yeah, when you hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. Yeah, yeah, Bubble Man stage and also Metal Man stage. Just uh, yep. Yeah, some Man for some, sure. Yeah, unforgettable tunes. What in, uh, what's interesting is uh, Takashi Tateishi uh, had only worked on one game before this, 1943 mm. Kai, which was uh, a sequel. It's, it's an odd one, 1943 Kai. We don't have to, time to go into it, but it's effectively the third 1942 game. Mm. Uh, uh, it was uncredited on that. Then did all the sound uh, credited as uh, Ogretsu-kun for um, Mega Man 2. Then worked on a number of other very cool uh, Capcom coin-ops, LED Storm Willow, Sidearms and UN Squadron. Those last two in particular I'm a big fan of. Um, Actually, the sound for Sidearms was only the Turbo Graphics version. Anyway, some some recognisable Capcom tunes, but then until a, a credit 
in uh, 2010 for Mega Man 10, where he came back to to do a song. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, on the development of the music, uh, Kira Kitamura, the game's director, said after Mega Man 1 was released, it was decided that we'd do a sequel for two Takashi Teteishi was assigned as the composer and I was really worried when I heard his first songs <laughs> I was taken aback they were extremely cutesy sounding like something from Bubble Bobble or Fantasy Zone I realised what his mistake had been he had looked at pictures of Mega Man and truly worked hard to write songs that captured Mega Man's world consequently they all ended up feeling like variations on a theme of Mega Man's character when we requested songs from the composers, we'd send them pictures of the backgrounds and other sprites for guidance. The source of my worries with Tateishi's initial compositions was that they didn't match the game in motion while you were playing. They didn't match the movement speed or actions, jumping and shooting of the gameplay. So despite the fact they were very good songs, they felt too laid back in the game. He was going to have to rewrite them. <laughs> At that point, I decided to try giving him some new guidance. You're floating in the water. Everything is sparkling, but there's danger. <laughs> the excitement of being up in the sky, of teetering right on the brink. Don't look down. Hurry, 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 hurry. Concentrate. <laughs> take must your... be quick, man. Yeah, it has to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Concentrate. Take your time and figure it out. Disappearing blocks. Mm. Keep moving along at a brisk pace. Don't stand in one place for too long. Smash, crunch, crash, clank. The gears are turning. Slipping and sliding through an underground maze. This way, that way, this way, that way. Ascending the stairs higher and higher. Climb, climb. So one day, here's what happened. The usual pattern was that I'd go into the sound room and check on how he was doing. But one day, very unusually, he called me in grinning and said, <laughs> I just finished something awesome. That song was Wiley Castle Stage 1. That song, for Tateishi and myself, represented a culmination of all our efforts on this music. It instilled in us the feeling like we were real pros now. Looking back on it, it's funny. For almost every part of Mega Man 2, there's a cool little story like this. It's such a mysterious game. I love, I, <laughs> oh man, I love that story because I, I used to be in a few bands myself and there's always a time where you write a song and like you look around the room at the other bandmates and you're like, oh man, that was the one, like that's it. Like this, <laughs> it's just, yeah. this is a really specific feeling that you get after putting together something that like you know is going to hit. And mm. yeah, and, and clearly like the, these guys were right on the mark. That's the song. That's the one. So Mega Man feels slightly different to control this time around, mm -hmm. crucially, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a little more responsive, perhaps a little less uh, sticky, a little less uh, inertia bound. Uh, may maybe he's stepped away slightly from the influence of Mario. So he, f he feels uh, more, more under control of the yeah. player mm -hmm. than yes. ever before. I would say I particularly didn't enjoy the feel of the first game in the sense that Mega Man himself managed to feel simultaneously too stodgy and too slippery, which is quite <laughs> yeah. quite an achievement. Whereas here, I immediately felt more at home. I'm still not happy with all of the, the level design and the level placements and some of the exacting nature of the challenges and the platforming sections, but at least... And it still has that bit where you collect a bit of health and it pauses while it does that. I don't know how necessary that was. But <laughs> overall, uh, Mega Man is now, uh, for me, much more fun to actually interact with, which makes that that is like probably above all the other uh, improvements that were made that they learned from the first game. I think Mega Man actually feeling nice to control for the most part is the vital one. And, and this is very strange because for this time around again, as I've done so many times, I've played uh, Mega Man 2, and this, uh, for, uh, this by the way, uh, I did it this time for the very first time on difficult uh, yeah, uh, mode. That's that's really doesn't make that much difference 
in a way. No, no. But, when but you we'll get, we'll get onto that a, yeah. l- a little yeah. bit later, yeah. maybe. But um, yeah, this again, I I played it on the original hardware on uh, on a CRT television, uh-huh. and then mm. it feels like a world of difference playing the original game on the the Wii Virtual Console on a on a on a plasma screen. You know, it's just like yeah. almost almost night and day. Mm. So uh, yeah, immediately a, a, a huge joy to control and interact mm. with again. It's wonderful that these legacy collections get made i think and released and i love the fact that when they when they go the extra mile and add in lots of options of uh you know concept art and um the Mega Man anniversary collection there's now two volumes which uh the the first of which is one six uh it includes many many challenges like completely remixed areas it's kind of like the nes remix game but for Mega Man. uh interesting yeah so there's a ton of that stuff in there and 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 it's all good um but yeah, I think it is worth remembering that when you revisit these games, if if you're revisiting, they won't necessarily feel like they did to you. Do, do you find well. like um, so? You played the GameCube version, um, which I think also came out on PS2, possibly Japan only. Um, that Mega Man Legacy Collection. So you would have played that on a on a CRT, and I guess the emulation was solid. Uh, I don't know who did that one. I don't no, know if it was Capcom sure, in house yeah. or or someone else. But did you when you when you played that? I guess what ten thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Was it two thousand four? Think so. Yeah. Did you immediately think? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm right home. back at home. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. Even playing. See, I, uh, maybe you guys are just more in tune with it than I am. But even playing the the most recent one on the Legacy Collection, like I played it on Xbox One, and I I can't I can't play Mega Man on that on that controller. It's just I couldn't finish any of the games on. Honestly, it's just, controller is, is that D-pad. Is another... is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love the yeah. 360 controller, but the D-pad is, is it's never going to work for me. Um, but yeah. as far mm. as the way they feel, like I, I don't know, it all kind of still it, playing on my really bad memory. It, it's still, it's still it felt like the way they used to back in the day. Um, but yes, uh, I think generally we would advocate uh, playing on the original hardware if of it's course, an option, can, and probably yeah. if almost certainly if you're the kind of person who keeps a Nintendo Entertainment System or a Famicom and a cathode ray tube TV, you'll mm. probably have a Mega Man 2 cartridge. Yeah, so we're probably, so, yeah. probably preaching to, preaching to the choir. Uh, Kitamura said, the enemies and the weapons are the core of Mega Man, so we thought about them a lot. Unfortunately, Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2 really have a lot of rough spots. In Mega Man 2 especially, we truly had no time. We hardly spent any time fine-tuning and polishing the bosses. Normally, we'd do a lot of playtesting, trying out all the weapons in different places, but in 2, we didn't do anything. (laughs) Once something was finished, we'd check that it worked, and that was that. If we hadn't done it like that, we never would have made the deadline. Mega Man 2 received a ton of critical praise, but on the other side, there are some people who think it's rough and flat. I understand why they think that. Interesting words from Kitamura. (laughs) I don't understand why they think that. Can someone please explain? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I I think I can say that I'm not as enamoured with this game as Mm. you guys are. Mm -hmm. And so I can feel where he's coming from. It does feel a bit imbalanced to me. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. But somehow it it doesn't distract from the fun at all. Sure. I mean, as overpowered as the Metal Blade is, mm-hmm. it's just so much fun to use it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just just throwing that thing around in de- every direction mm-hmm. and hearing that that that, that metal <laughs> yeah. wearing sound uh, that the uh, NES sound chip uh, attempts to emulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a supreme joy. I mean, 
this this is something that maybe we could have touched on a bit more on the on the Marvel uh, the Capcom versus series episode mm-hmm. uh, so as well that in balanced games uh, might still be incredibly fun. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we did have this it's conversation like finding, on a finding, recent podcast. Yeah, finding this cheapness and exploits uh, mm-hmm. and, and using them to to dominate an otherwise perhaps very unfriendly game. Is There's there's a definite joy in that. Uh, to, yeah, sometimes to game come, games come out for whatever reason by, by pure chance at a very sweet level of imbalance. So that, yeah. that's, that becomes what's... And Mega Man 2 definitely hits that sweet spot mm, for me. Clearly, yeah, for lots of too. people, yeah. 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 Some, something about um, uh, about the Mega Man or the Metal Man uh, weapon you get, though, the Metal Blades, uh, throws me off as, as far as if we're going to go talk about lore for a second. <laughs> Mega Man lore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he can only shoot forward and, or horizontally with his Mega Buster. But with the blades, yeah. he's got every angle possible. <laughs> like I never understood why oh. that's the one weapon that he can can't do it. Just, uh, I guess if this was a a modern game, or or if it had CGI sure, cutscenes, yeah. and and maybe some of the the hundred odd games that have come out since have, uh, I guess he's got some sort of transforming arm. I guess it's sort of you know mm, you'd see it mm-hmm. like properly yeah, yeah. morph from one thing into another, and then it would have totally different properties, different. Sure. Yeah. Yeah nozzles and whatever the uh the difference between the uh the metal blade and your regular gun arm your regular pea shooter is also that with your pea shooter you you can run and shoot but with the metal blade you actually every time you throw it you you pause right yeah Yeah. you need to stay still yeah but it's great when you're you're on ladders or on Mm -hmm. uh, moving platforms yeah Yeah. Mm. so as we mentioned to get through Mega Man 1 I imagine a lot of kids would have had to have left their consoles on because Mm -hmm. you would have needed a lot of hours playing just one section to get past it until Mm -hmm. at least you'd you'd mastered it but now password uh, there's a is it it's a 4x4 grid or something like that or 5x5 so a multi-character password system that allows you to restart uh, at the beginning of any stage that you've already cleared uh, you yeah. still have infinite continues you can even also this time around you've got these energy tanks so you can refill yeah uh, what what needs refilling at, mm-hmm. uh, at a particular point from your start menu and you can no longer replay stages right yeah that was a feature in the first mm-hmm. game which was surprising to me when i started playing the first game hey you can actually yeah. replay <laughs> the stages yeah. because it was even could be, could have been even necessary in the first game and i think i have a strong suspicion that they that feature in a second game it must have because been, yeah. uh, they probably haven't uh, hadn't figured out how to uh, make don't make energy tanks uh, respawn mm-hmm. I mean they're, they're, they're probably you know also considering the, the length of development of three months they probably couldn't figure out how to make sure that you couldn't just keep on picking up energy tanks and yes. uh, farm them yeah so they probably can that feature so players wouldn't be able to farm uh, farm for energy right. tanks yeah. and, uh, to have an, an extent- infinite supply of energy farm lives to an extent but obviously yeah, lives, yeah. You sat they're there, a rare yeah. drop but it, it, well if yeah. there's like that that part in it's also in a wireless stage but also a metal man stage where you get to a hallway and there's just these drills going up and down if you just stood yes. there and just fire just forever you'll get a job yeah. you'll get a job every once in a while yeah, it's just nothing yeah to uh soften the the challenge yeah uh, and yeah so again uh this time you've obviously gone through the eight and actually uh, having gone back to this game on difficult and replaying it uh, as honestly as I could, uh, it didn't take me that long to get 
back through the the normal stages of the game mm. oh. and and in fact it's the multi-stage final level that's where the real where the real yeah. uh, unpleasantness begins yeah. but I, ma- I made it up until the 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 bomb wall section in the, the se- second last uh, section of the oh that bit's horrible mm. yeah. yeah so i forgot i forgot how to do it so i wasted a crash bomb and i couldn't finish it anymore so you have to uh, actually die to restart the level with full crash. Le- and yeah. Like legit, yeah. like the one real piece of, like, for me anyway, the, the, the worst design in the game is that you, yeah. there's yeah. no way to finish it's, it it's anymore. A, it's a puzzle, which sure, is cool, yeah. but you can, you can fail it, so that's not so cool. And there's, and there's, there's been no yeah. puzzle bosses up until this point, like till the very, you're almost not at really. the end of the game. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the way the game makes it slightly less uh, hideous is that once you blow up the walls, they stay blown up. Sure. So yeah. Even even if you go back, even if you continue, I think possibly they're still gone. Uh, so yeah, not so sure about that. Not hundred percent sure about that. But. but yeah, I mean, I've my whole life I've been used to playing this game on normal difficulty, yeah. which is actually hmm. uh, uh, the easier difficulty because uh, difficult is what the Japanese card standards yeah. was. Yeah. And you yeah. you can tell because. It, going going into difficult now because uh actually you enemies are given more of a breathing room and more of a chance to actually do more interesting things for example the conch shells in bubble man station who also appear later in uh in dr wiley stage uh on the normal supposedly normal difficulty they just they're blow up shot, with yeah. one shot from your pea shooter only and yeah. now this time you just blow their conscious off and they come speeding towards you yeah yeah so you f- you feel like okay the, probably the game was actually designed around yes. this mm-hmm. uh, difficulty level yeah but yeah i mean having to play the game so much on normal i i know where i take hits and where i don't mm-hmm. so all, all it really does is give enemies more hp and give you uh less hp or you 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 take uh your hit hits yeah. take more of your energy bar off right so yeah. it wasn't a huge ordeal to get through it on uh on difficult difficulty <laughs> and some quite uh, spectacular moments by 8-bit standards i guess uh the, the running away from the dragon boss mm-hmm. is pretty yeah. cool mm-hmm. And you've got this uh, is something that they yeah. did in the first Mega Man, and it might have been the first programs to do that on the NES uh, is to create a huge enemy, what we perceive as a sprite, yeah. but which is actually a background, and which yes. is why you uh, later uh, other developers like Sunsoft also did that, where uh, the enemy or the, the boss is actually a background layer instead of a sprite, and that's why the background turns black in those type of boss fights with the, with these huge yeah. enemies. And only that's the hit cool. point is the sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a. Uh, uh, it's a shame Darren wanted to talk about this because he was uh, he had his poor his his poor Darren Gargett mind was blown by the idea that Doctor Wiley suddenly becomes an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You have to jump through quite a few hoops to get to the very very final showdown, and then you've got suddenly Doctor Wiley. Uh, I, I believe it's supposed to be some sort of holographic projection I guess, becomes yeah. a, a, <laughs> a, a slightly xenomorphic alien and uh, figure figure eights you into submission if you if you don't shoot him enough mm-hmm. <sighs> i can't yeah. remember which weapon it is but he doesn't the bubble, take, the bubble yeah. gun bubbles yeah, yeah. And, which you, is, and it uh, has to be it, bubbles yeah and it's interesting because the bubble gun is uh, a weapon he flies around and the bubble gun is a weapon that uh, travels across the floor right, so yeah, you, shoot and you actually have down. to yeah. exactly time your jump in uh, with his dive and drop him on top of him when he's diving. And so it's an interesting else, little challenge. Nothing else does him any damage? No, only the bubble gun. 
Yeah. So the bubble beam. I'm not sure the rationale far, there, but <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it's just to create an interesting cha- uh, final challenge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's kind of fun to do, also. Technical from the forum says I was pleased to find Mega Man 2 as everything I loved about the first game, but just improved in every way. It didn't rewrite the rulebook. It didn't need to. It just refined everything great about the debut game and trimmed the fat where necessary. Mega Man 2 almost makes the first game irrelevant to an extent. And I was all, I would always advise anybody who hasn't played a Mega Man before to start with the second one. Hmm. And that's yeah. something I've heard a few times. Yeah. But also, you're not, I've you're heard... not missing any story. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. It's either if you yeah. uh, missed the, the first uh, game. Craig from the forum says it's a wonderful piece of design with bright and memorable characters, flexible gameplay and a fair difficulty because of the initial nonlinear select. You can try your hand at any of the levels. And at first it's somewhat overwhelming, but then you start to make headway in a single level. And before you know it, you get to the boss. And then after a few times failing to the boss and making your way through the level again, you manage to down the boss and have a shiny new toy to play with. Once you have the weapon, it becomes a key. Much like in Zelda or Metroid, your brain starts making connections about how seemingly impossible sections before now become manageable due to your new abilities. Enemies bothering you and you need to stand still on a moving platform? The leaf power-up makes it a piece of cake. Need to pass by an instant death snake, but they move way too fast? Now you can stop time. You can brute force most of the game with just your basic shooter, meaning that the different abilities also act as a way to select your own difficulty, but one that makes you feel good for choosing the easy option. You've earned the ability to walk through this level at ease, and you're a smart player realising you can use it here. You make the player feel powerful by his or her actions and decisions, reducing the overall difficulty. The game falters when it strays from this philosophy and forces players down a single path. The boss in Wily's Castle that requires you to use the crash bomb and a specific number at that is a slap in the face to players who up until that point have been encouraged to deal with obstacles in their own way it's entirely possible to arrive at the boss having unknowingly previously used up your ammo on enemies and enter the fight in a no win state the only thing you can do at this point is to wait and get killed Similarly, the last boss requiring the use of the awkward bubble beam is a disappointing end. It's entirely possible to run out of ammo and then on your next life either have to tediously farm for more or arduously kill yourself a few more times to hit the continue screen. The best part of the game is getting a new power and figuring out which weapons to use in which situation and these battles not only undercut this joy but also require an omniscient foresight to preserve the right kind of ammo. Thankfully, they appear late in the game. Had these appeared earlier, it would have set off my JRPG potion hoarding tendencies and I would have stopped myself using weapons just in case I needed them later on. Other than that, the balance of the weapons is also off. The metal blade fires fast in all directions with good damage and little cost. Once you get it, it's usually the optimum weapon. If you have a playful spirit, you'll see yourself changing up the weapons often, but it's easy to get stuck in the trap of, well, this is just the best. Like when you find a solution that works for everything in Scribblenauts. I loved Mega Man 2, and after that I played through all the others on the NES, and beat all but the first. Good stuff, Craig. A committed mega fan. Yeah, this is also interesting uh, what he, what Craig uh, has uh, brought up, that uh, the part of where you earn the ability to walk through a level at ease and being smart and uh, beating a boss with uh, the weapon that they're vulnerable to. I've read in a recent critique that uh, somebody was saying that the uh, this kind kind of design kills the challenge of a, a boss fight, mm. Uh, mm. and uh, because now you you make their attack patterns almost uh, yes. yeah meaningless. Sure. Um, yeah. But I think 
this is actually the strong part of the design because it makes you yeah like uh craig said and this may, might be a part uh this might be due to uh a player looking up an faq to see what is the optimal uh boss order mm -hmm. or trying to figure it out for yourself and if you f try and figure it out for yourself it, this is the reward you get for uh being smart and using the correct weapon against the correct uh, mm -hmm. correct boss that you can easily beat him and make his attacks pretty trivial. Yes, one's mileage may vary and all that. Sure. <sighs> Colin Alonso from the forum says, As I grew up in the 90s with a Mega Drive, Mega Man was never really on my radar. Therefore, the first time I played a Mega Man game was earlier this year, 2017, when I played the first two games on the Legacy Collection. I started the first game with no guide and tried each of the levels to see if I could make any headway. After a fair number of deaths, I focused on Fireman's stage. Every couple of days, I would come back and make a few attempts at it. I learned when enemies would start to fire bullets and how to avoid small enemies whizzing on the ground that were too low for Mega Man's gun to hit. I persevered and after defeating Fireman was rewarded with his gun and a nice sense of achievement, even if it was only one level. The increased capabilities of this new weapon opened the other levels up and they were no longer as difficult and became more fun. The other Robot Masters were easier due to my ever-increasing arsenal and I was running and jumping through the levels confident that I could face what came next. But even then I had some issues. The knockback when Mega Man takes damage is quite large and would often lead to infuriating deaths where being hit by enemy bullets would knock Mega Man off a floating platform or ladder to the inevitable bottomless pit or instant death spikes. Some bosses, like Iceman, seemed completely unbeatable without the correct weapon for his weakness. The traditional Capcom boss rush rears its ugly head at the end of the game but worse than any of these is the Yellow Devil, where even if you know his pattern, it's still very difficult to get right. It annoyed me so much that for the only time in the game, I used a save state mid-level right before his boss room, as I was tired of constantly replaying that level to challenge him. I eventually bested him and Dr. Wily and moved on to the second game. Mega Man 2 was a more straightforward affair. I started with Metal Man's level, followed by Woodman. As it turned out, this may be the easiest way to start, as the Metal Blade and Leaf Shield were my main weapons through the game. Capcom clearly learned lessons from the original, and a number of improvements were noticeable. For example, there are fewer bottomless pits or spikes, Mega Man seems a bit more responsive, enemies drop health and energy far more regularly, the boss rush can be completed over a continue rather than in one life, and the bosses even drop health when defeated. Therefore, while the game is still a challenge, it rarely feels unfair. Aside from Quickman's laser-filled stage, you, you didn't time freeze, I guess, and the varied <laughs> level and boss design, high-quality platforming and shooting are allowed to shine. I could not really recommend the first game to others. There are many flaws holding it back from being a great platformer. Having said that, I am glad I played it, as it made the improvements that went into the second game all the more apparent. I'd recommend the second game to anyone with an interest in 2D platformers, really. Some games may have surpassed it since, but it is still very enjoyable to play. Yeah, it's interesting. We also we maybe didn't go enough into why Mega Man 2 feels so much easier than, yeah. the, uh, yeah. than the first game. Mm -hmm. um, because... There, there are certain uh, aspects about the level designs that are actually trickier than the first game. For example, mm. in Iceman stage in Mega Man 1, you've got the disappearing, disappearing blocks uh, section, mm -hmm. but there's, yeah. there's a safety net there. There's no bottomless pit right, under yeah. there. Mm -hmm. But in Heatman stage in Mega Man 2, they appear above a, uh, a lava stream. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, so if you fa fail it there, you, you die. But it, that kind of thing is mitigated by the... Uh, but it means that the game hands you to because right. you can use item number two there and just fly over the uh, fly, fly across the whole thing. Yep. 
And yeah. and in, yeah, in the decades that I've played this game, I've only ever used item two. I've never, never jumped yeah, into this me box. Too. Yeah, me I, I never tried to do that. I, yeah, I always said screw this from uh, yeah. from <laughs> day one. I, <laughs> and there's a there's a uh, there's an extra life there too. Oh yeah. yeah, I did it the hard way for some reason. Uh, oh, probably yeah? wasn't being there experimental enough. But yeah, no, I, I, I've done it. Uh, I've done it twice. In nice. Fact. Hmm. But overall, I still have qualms with some of the elements of design. Sure. Uh, but we'll summarize momentarily. Once we've been through our uh, decent selection, this issue of three-word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kane and Rince and look out for the shout for CRTWRs. Starting with Andy Alex Bolsover, who says, incomprehensible American popularity. <laughs> Scott Bodenheimer says, disappearing block rage. The King Rocker says, what's the order? Kyle Zirk, probably, hmm. says, get equipped with... <laughs> <laughs> and one credit classic says choose weapons wisely freelance police says rock cut elect colin alonzo says electricity beats ice <laughs> angry zeus gaming metal man first he's right by the way no more spiros says convincing alien disguise <laughs> eric mickles 8-bit soundtrack heaven andrew elmore immeasurably important games and Allison by proxy says downhill from here. Oh, yeah. sad. <laughs> you know, the weirdest thing is that I always start with Flashman stage first, even mm, though it's mm-hmm. not the optimal stage to pick first because you can use the crash bombs to nab a lot of stuff there. But it's yeah, just yeah. just a habit, just a habit to start that stage first. Yeah. What's your, so? What's your order, Sean? Your uh, time. Well, honored? mine was uh, well for Mega Man Two. It was uh, Metal Man. Woodman, Flashman, Airman, Bubbleman, uh, Crashman, and Quickman. Yeah, my order varies uh, a little bit, but uh, the, there's certain clusters that I always group together. Mm. So, but I I I will stay, start with Flashman, and then either Metalman or Quickman after that, mm. and then you know when I get Metalman, I'll go for Woodman afterwards, and then Airman and Crashman are some, and Heatman is always the very last. Oh one yeah, sorry, right. that that's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the order I followed was as recommended on a walkthrough somewhere on mm-hmm. a wikia, which starts with Airman because he takes double really? damage from the regular regular arm cannon. Uh, oh really? And oh. he also I... drops item two. Oh okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Right, but like, yeah. but but Woodman's I, I, uh, his leaf shield takes off like a ridiculous amount of his health. Like it only takes I think like two or three shots. With yeah, and, the, and the, the quick man boomerangs also yeah. are very mm-hmm. effective on him. Yeah. So I followed Airman. Crashman, Flashman, Quickman, Metal Man, Fifth, Bubble hmm. Man, Heat Man, and finally Woodman. Wow, really? right? That's, it. That, so, huh. that's cool. I didn't realize that was a. I did see. I didn't realize that was a controversial order, and that actually speaks yeah, to yeah. the quality of the game in a sense. In the sure, you can do it anyway. That's you actually want. surprised yeah. to people who know Mega Man Two way better <laughs> yeah, than I do. Yeah, because I think Crashman stage is going to be a pain without the leaf shields. Yep. If you stand on those uh, traveling platforms yeah, with, with the, the birds, uh, the creatures that. Yeah, with the, with the little cylinders attacking you. More annoying than you guys do. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust a walkthrough. I, yeah, maybe this is a good example for uh, a, a good illustration of why one should attempt games mm. uh, without, without having taken anything on board uh, yeah, from Because you just follow the, uh, the opinions of that person who wrote yeah. the walkthrough. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I'm going to link that into my summary then. So bear in mind the context of me playing this game was uh well i say this game these games 
was uh, considerably after the fact, 30 years after the fact, uh, and having only dabbled with a, a latter-day sequel, a re- moderately well-regarded Mega Man 9, which was a which was a throwback, and I'd only I'd really struggled with that game anyway, as in terms of difficulty. Um, it's actually one of the things that put me off. Um, but I did want to visit these because I, I recognised this legendary series. I was keen that we covered these first two games in particular because I know how much affection there is for Mega Man 2. Um, having played them now, there's a lot about the design that I don't particularly enjoy. Uh, i got to say there are definitely games from prior to this that I like more. It's not just about the age of these games. It's actually about the philosophy of the level design. It just doesn't quite resonate with me in certain ways but it does seem like I may have had a better experience if I'd experimented more with my items if I'd probably figured out the order for myself um the first game as I say I think is uh a bit just a real pain in uh in in by modern standards now McKeel's obviously he's done it he's been through it he's he's beaten it albeit with one exploit uh and again maybe it's it's the case that I could have had a better time in some ways without relying on the crutch of of save scumming but mm. i the the bottom line yeah, is yeah for me I, that sucks the sucks the enjoyment right out of a game yeah. if i feel like i have to save scum but it yeah. doesn't always for me so it's not there's it's not always like i've i've used it perfectly with with yeah and it's actually enhanced enhanced my enjoyment but but again yeah this is why <laughs> this is why i mention it because it has it it it's obviously played into my experience in some regard um, but the fact is that the, the key issue for me with Mega Man 1 is that I don't like the feel of the control of the character. Um, I don't. I think he's both stiff and slidey at the same time, which is a horrible combination. Like It's not the worst I've ever... I mean, there were way, way more uncontrollable characters back in the day, but by contemporary standards, when we're used to a very, uh, you know, like even generally even the most kind of low-budget uh, one-person indie game project now they have these incredibly beautiful control arcs on their on their um platform characters like it's something that i think people have nailed now and they hadn't nailed back in 1987 and understandably so it took games like mega man for us to get there but now going back to controlling mega man in mega man one just i didn't enjoy it that much combine his control with the enemy layout um and the general philosophy of of enemies and platforming and the stagger and the the being dropped off of platforms with virtually zero warning and stuff um it's all you can get around all of it you can beat all of it even into your 40s as Mikhail's proved but whether 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 you would whether you would want to whether you would enjoy that i think uh especially when the reward is getting to like the yellow devil stage and finding this horrifically challenging um, pattern and to play it honestly you'd be looking at replaying it and replaying it and replaying it and I don't have the patience and I don't think many of many people listening to this do either Mega Man 2 Mega Man 2 was immediately more enjoyable to me the feel of the character was better obviously they learned so much from the philosophy of designing the first game it looked more interesting the music was more driving although I did I did enjoy the chip tunes in the first game as well um, so it yeah, and it kind of, but it does in some ways feel like one of those uh, projects we talked about before, where it was like actually the fact that it was done in three months is both to its benefit and to its uh, deficit in some ways, in that it is a bit of a balancing 
mess in some ways uh, but actually as we've discussed that in some ways that makes it more interesting to talk about so yeah i you know i quite like mega man too but i don't have anything like the affection that obviously its fans do and i don't i've bought that collection of six games i don't have any real desire to continue on can play three four five six and and then the, the next section although from an academic video game completist curiosity point of view i do but there are so many other games that, yeah. I, that i really yeah. want to get on play glad i've done it um but uh for me, not like an it. It doesn't. It doesn't go. This was the long lost classic that was missing from my epic shelf. No, nowhere near. Um, uh, um, Mikhail, uh, sorry, uh, go on, Sean. I was just going to say, I'm curious. Have, has there been any game from that time period that you've not played, gone back to, and thought that it was the classic that everyone says it is? Just that's a very good question. Yeah, I'm uh, curious. And I suspect. I suspect that there are, but I would have to think about it. <laughs> mm. Uh, but certainly there have been Famicom games that I've got well into after the fact, like uh, Balloon Fight mm-hmm. um, and, and, yeah. and uh, mm, some some others, I'm sure. Mm. You've covered the uh, Super Mario Brothers trilogy, uh, right? On, uh, yes. On the NES. So well, I, I imagine those... uh, you had a great time with Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, I, but I started playing that on the Super Nintendo in the mid '90s, so mm. it wasn't right. it wasn't quite such a uh, yeah, yeah. such a leap sort of thing. But no, absolutely, and and it's a good challenge, and that's absolutely why we always talk about context because it's it's so it's so informative in terms of our, our experience of things. Even for someone like me who is you know a, a massive fan of loads of eight bit games, sure, yeah. Sometimes playing them out of that context has means that you receive them in a different way. Of course. Yeah. For sure. So yes, that's why I've gone first as the most <laughs> uh, the most critical person. Uh, Mikhail, <laughs> you can go next. Yeah, Mega Man One. Um, it was, I mean, it might be overselling it a little bit, but it's almost felt a bit like uh, a demon for my youth. You know, something very intimidating, uh, something that I felt I would would never be able to finish. But uh, a couple of decades of uh, video game experience have definitely helped uh, helped me here, and. Mm. It, it, the game inspi- was is, is such a mean piece of work that it inspired it inspired this grim determination uh, and grim satisfaction in me to best its uh, challenges. Um, and I was like I said before, I was surprised how fast I was flying through the regular stages up until a certain point. Uh, but it really showed its true nature in the the wily stages uh, later on. Um, yeah, but. The, 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 it's it's interesting that I might in the past I might have just thrown this game by the wayside like oh it's unfairly designed it's an unfair game and it certainly is it's yeah. Mega Man 1 isn't an unfair game but it only made me more determined to beat it <laughs> somehow <laughs> and, yeah. and only made me feel more satisfied to do it like it's funny that at my uh, 40 uh, 41st uh, year of life <laughs> I've uh started to beat some pretty tough uh, video game challenges this yeah. year. Uh, Good on you. Yeah, and it's, uh, it has made me thirsty for more as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, Mega Man 1, I mean, having said all that, I, rec- re- I recognize this is not a very mainstream type of appeal that I'm, uh, I'm, saying, uh, I'm, I'm putting down here. Mm. And I th- wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anyone 
but who anyone, uh, anyone sane. who would be, anyone sane <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, so any other uh insane person in the same state of mind i would definitely say go for it yeah. uh but yeah i mean anyone who would want to get into the Mega Man series i would obviously point towards start uh start with Mega Man 2 because uh i mean that, that this becomes very difficult to say at this point because uh, having heard leon's opinion on his first encounter with the game mm-hmm. but in my mind, Mega Man 2 has held up incredibly well, and I realize that's part of just how much fondness I have for it, and how much passion I have for this game, and how much that has endured. Uh, but I think there's something about its core design, uh, the refinement of uh, Mega Man 1's responsiveness of controls. It's still an incredibly sharp and responsive plat- platformer to play uh and that might be the biggest strength of the series as as a whole of the 8-bit uh, games uh and it's been enduring in many modern platform games like shovel knight that have been uh, been released of the the indie variety they a lot of uh, games uh, uh created by indie studios either always seem to refer- uh, reference uh, the mario brothers game super mario brothers games or the mega man games in some shape of or uh, or fashion uh, and mega man 2 is just it's one of those games where you feel like the stars were aligned for it. Uh, everything is just right about it uh, for me. The music, the visual design of the stages, the graphics, the colors, the the way it feels. And sure, it's 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 not a balanced game, and uh, it's interesting to read. This this was a surprise to me. I, I've only uh, you know, to to this day I, I hadn't heard that this game was actually just put together as a rough job in three months. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like I said before that that type of imbalance doesn't deter anything from the uh, uh, from the fun for me, and it only in some way seems to add to it. So play Mega Man Two. Uh, I hope you like it better than than Leon uh, did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate it. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this this was your show, Sean. Basically, yeah. uh, we, we made you wait for it about eleven months. But uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us. T- Tell us what you think about um, Mega Man and Mega Man Two. Sure, yeah, I can, I can kind of breeze through my opinion on Mega Man One by just saying I'm I'm glad Mega Man One exists, if only because it gave us Mega Man Two. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> right. um, I, I I I don't really have much much fondness for for the first game now that I've played it. Uh, I think it's 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 a bit too unfair. Um, I think the point system was kind of meaningless. Uh, especially since it's, I mean, I, it seems like they did too because they completely got rid of it after <laughs> just the one game. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I just don't have really much uh, to say about the first game, uh, other than that, other than I just didn't really like it and I wouldn't really recommend many people play it. But for the the second game, it's kind of like it's almost the complete inverse of, of you, Leon. Like, I, you having come to it now so many years later and, and being like, it's just kind of, it just seems like it's kind of okay for you. Um, whereas me, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if I can think of this game and not be so nostalgic for it. And, and yeah. I just can't imagine playing it now without having, without having the history that I have with the game. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's yeah. definitely my most played game of that era. Probably my favorite game that I've played of, of the, the NES or the NES has, <laughs> Um, you can say what you like. I know, Sean. I know. But you, you, you were generous enough to say NES, so I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around and say the next. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but and and just for me specifically, and this is such a, like a personal thing. This is not you know, other people won't really 
or might not really uh, relate to it, but it's just I can't think of any other games that have shaped parts of my actual life. Like I, I credit Mega Man Two as being like the genesis of my musical tastes, and um, mm. that's such like a a rare thing. Like to me, for me to be able to actually like kind of pinpoint it. Like I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's where it started is my, my love for uh, metal music and, and, and my love for games. Like it was one of my, like one of my first, really my earliest, like absolute favorite games. Like one I couldn't stop playing. Um, like I always loved games at that time period, but that was the one that I kept going back to, especially from that time, from that specific genre, um, um, generation. So, so yeah, uh, Mega Man two is a very special game for me, um, for lots of reasons. And, and I think, I think, most people would still enjoy it. Like I know, you, uh, not to keep going back to it, Leon, but you know, I, I think you still. It sounds like you still at least kind of had a good time with it. So oh, I think, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think sure. plenty of people would still at least enjoy it. I think most people would not enjoy Mega Man One, but I think I can definitely recommend Mega Man Two as at least a starting point. Um, and yeah, I hope people give it a shot. Cool, lovely stuff. Well. It remains for me, Leon, to thank Mikhail and Sean, as well as all of our correspondents and schmuppulations.com, I should say, and to all of you for listening. And remember, if you've enjoyed this and our other shows, please consider heading to our Patreon page and donating that minimum of a dollar per month. So do head over to uh, patreon.com slash cane and rinse and help us out. Who knows if we have more money, that means I have more time. Maybe I'll be less likely to save scum my way through some <laughs> of the retro classics because I'll actually be able to uh, uh, yeah, get things done properly uh, ahead of deadlines. And next time in issue 297, when the world is in darkness, four warriors will come. Final Fantasy. 